Hello and welcome to Insights, the podcast with your host, Joe Parnay. Join me in this deep exploration of our personal journeys from ambition to meaning, where we stop living life fast and start living life deep. This is a journey of waking up and realizing that our lives have never been about us, but about others. True success leaves positive ripple effects on other souls. I believe that success needs to be redefined from our own personal ambitious endeavors to be redefined as the value that we leave and give to others around us. Join me now as we begin this journey to deeper connections, even more fulfillment, some fun, curiosity, life, love, and all good things. Your deeper journey from ambition to meaning starts right now. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 22 of Insights. It's Joe here. I hope you're staying safe. Most importantly, I hope you're staying sane. It's a it's a crazy time. My Lord, the world has changed so much since I started delivering these podcasts. So what I thought I would focus on today is, or in this episode, is an extension of the episode that I called, I think I called it the White Elephant. Is that what I called it? The one, the episode 21. Um, so this is follow on from that. So what I want to call this one is how to be emotionally hygienic in difficult times. So more than ever before, we need to mind our mind. The emotional experience is not to the virus, but to the fear of the reaction of the masses or to the masses. Remember, our emotions don't respond to reality. They respond to the perceptions that we have. During this fascinating time in history, like any other time, we are living out our narrative our story. In other words, the meaning that we are giving our experiences. Now listen to this very carefully. I mean, uncertainty has always played a part in our chosen narrative. Uncertainty has always been part of our life. The only difference at the moment is that we are experiencing an acute dose of it. Most of us, if not all of us, have experienced uncertainty in our lives, whether that's in the form of a health issue, a relationship breakup, the end of a career, the beginning of a new career starting a new business. I was sharing with my wife today that, you know, silently within my own inner world, my own inner emotional world, since being on my own journey in this world of human behavior for the last, you know, 14, 15 years, I've had so many moments of uncertainty, so many moments of doubt, so many, you know, fear gripping moments that hasn't been universal and played out in the world. But as far as my world was concerned, it was pretty tough at times. And we've all experienced that in, in different parts of our lives. And as I just said, we're just experiencing an acute version of it now, you know, for the, perhaps for, the, for this year. And just this morning, right, I went for a walk with my wife with Sylvana around our local river. Um, our boys were at school the last day of school before the holidays. As, as we know, the schools here have been closed down. And we enjoyed the free time of just walking around this beautiful local river that uh, I just dearly love. And I said to Sylv, I said, this could be all so much worse than what it is. And I shared with her how my my um, my masseuse, G'day Cass, <laughs> was sharing with me how a woman that she knows uh, a few years back had a double mastectomy and recovered from breast cancer. And about five weeks ago, she was getting strange pains in her lower back. Like most new pain for most people, well, certainly I can speak for myself, 
we sometimes will ignore it or perhaps even just justify it away. It's hoping that it will just go away and continue on. In her case, unfortunately, her pain was intensifying by the day. And a couple of medical visits later, she discovered that her cancer had returned. Back to the chemo world, back to that horribleness of that world. Two weeks into her treatment, as tough as this already is, she begins feeling tired, achy, and with flu-like symptoms. Paranoia came fast, as it would for any of us. And she went and got tested for coronavirus. Much to her relief, she tested negative. She had an intense hit of influenza A. A couple of days later, she finds herself in hospital with cancer and influenza A and two children under nine at home and a husband. Now, I said to my wife, now put this into, let's put this into our imagination and tell me how much, what would you give for us to be experiencing what we are experiencing already right now, this morning, walking around this river, having this experience, suddenly in the midst of this pandemic, we're feeling amazing. We're feeling grateful. We're feeling relieved. We're, we're just feeling phenomenal, in fact. That's how we felt. As I said to her, I mean, run that through your imagination mind. Run that through your mind. Start creating a future from that standpoint. Influenza, a, a, an intense hit with cancer at the same time in hospital with two kids under nine at home. Run that through your imagination and see where it takes you. And suddenly we are like completely in love with the moment that we're in. It, it, it's, it's incredible what this can do. I practice this mode of gratitude as much as I can, even with little things. I mean, even before we went out this morning, as we were leaving home to go for this walk, I closed my front door and for a second, I thought that I locked the keys in the house. Much to my relief, I hadn't because I, I saw them as uh, hanging off the outside of the lock, you know, on the, on the lock of the front door on the outside. I saw them hanging there as I was, you know, in, in, a, in a mild two-second panic. <laughs> I then, and this is what I did, I then imagined how different my morning would have been going next door, using Leo's phone to call a locksmith, wait for the locksmith. It would cost 250 bucks. Um, the whole morning would be wasted on just waiting for this fellow. But suddenly, I was grateful for the fact that we were just hopping into our car and driving down to the river for a walk. So something worth practicing. Um, this is another way of looking at what I've shared in previous episodes when I've spoken about the power of negative visualization. So there's always someone worse off. If you really want to read a story of, of someone who found meaning in the darkest of the darkest moments, read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl one of the only people who survived extremity on, on, upon extremity upon extremity, where he was literally almost starved to death by the Germans in one of the concentration camps during World War II. And what pulled him through was a meaning that he created for his life. His philosophy was, if I can make it through this, I want to share with the world how I did that. And he came up with a thing called Logos Therapy. And it is it is it has contributed immensely in the world of therapy, counseling, and guiding people to living healthier lives emotionally. So most emotional stress is actually experienced in our imagination. That is, it's being experienced in our future timeline. Our future timeline does not exist except for in our imagination. The closer you focus to this, the very moment. You know, like the closer you focus to the, to the moment of now, 
the more at peace you will feel, the better you will feel. The more that Silvara and I focused on the activity of walking around this gorgeous river rather than trying to predict the future, the better we felt. The more in these current times, the more our focus shifts away, like a pendulum away from the middle, away from the center, away from the now into the future, the more stressed, more than likely, most of us will feel. Most people really do themselves no emotional favors at all by asking the most dreaded question of all that I believe. And this dreaded question has got nothing to do with the current times. It's always been a dreaded question. And that is what I've often shared with my audiences, the what if question, the dreaded what if question, a question which causes us to start solving a problem that we don't even have, that doesn't even exist. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if, what if? Solve that problem if or when it comes. Solve the problem that we have now, whatever that problem might be for you. But this, of course, you know, this what if thinking takes us away from the current moment and what is here to be enjoyed right now. You know, the what if, the what ifing sort of thinking for others, this could be an unconscious strategy to avoid taking responsibility for the challenges and the problems that they have right now. And I, I know that I've done this in the past and I've done the very best I can to pick myself up every time I try to do a what if. I mean, a, on a minor, you know, micro superficial example was when um, last year we we um, en enrolled or applied for our sons because this year they're in grade six, last year they were in grade five, so they had to apply for secondary school. I might have shared this in a previous episode somewhere where there, that was the only, the school that we um, we sort of applied for was a school that I went to that we think is fine. And... Um, you know, people were saying to us, oh, which other schools have you put them into or put their names down for? And I, I said, uh, no other school, just this one. And then, of course, here it comes, the what if question. What if they don't get in? What will you do? I said, I don't know. How can you not know? I don't know because that's a future timeline that may not happen. And why would I waste precious lifetime trying to solve a problem that I don't even have yet? <laughs> so please, in the words of Molly Meldrum, do yourself a favor. Do not ask a what if question, because if you do, you will mess up your emotions. To remain emotionally hygiene, like, that, that, well, that doesn't make sense. To be emotionally hygienic, don't waste your time on what if problems. Focus on the now and what your current challenges might be or may be or are. Perhaps uh, if I can just change, uh, add another flavor to this or change, not change gears, but add another flavor to this conversation. You may have heard of the placebo effect. You know, this is when we have a positive expectation that we will get better from a, a sugar pill or, or a medication that's not real or, you know, because of positive expectation, we feel better. You know, the placebo effect is something that actually has a positive effect on us. Not all of us, but it can have a positive effect on us that it'll help us resolve our situation, this particular medicine. Well, the placebo has got a, uh, a dark side, a dark twin known as a, known as a nocebo. N-O-C-E-B-O. You can look it up on the internet. Nocebo. Nocebo is the opposite of placebo. And listen to this very carefully. This is when we come to harm due to our negative expectations via the power of our beliefs. So by putting energy, focus, emotion, thoughts, life into a future timeline that has not happened yet, trying to pick what the future might look like, you're more than likely going to fall for the nocebo effect. And the nocebo effect is when we come to harm, our body comes to harm because of negative expectations. 
negative expectations fuel negative emotions and negative emotions done consistently will affect our body and 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 also by the way lower our immune system which is the last thing that we want in the current environment expecting that our lives like some of the expectations that people have is like our lives are going to turn to shit the world is coming to an end focusing on anything that has intense negative expectations as i say will be experienced as negative emotions which of course completely colors all of our experiences and takes us away from the center of the pendulum the the now where we are right now i mean even this morning i was saying to silvana you know like what problems do we have right now, in this very moment, as you're listening to this podcast, as I am recording this right now, I don't know about you, but right now, I'm not aware of any problems. I'm not aware of anything other than being with you right here, right now, focusing on this message. And we've got that choice anytime. You can do this in the bathroom, sitting on the loo. You can do this while going for a run or going for a walk or doing some stuff on the internet. I don't know, whatever it might be, you can focus on that now. Unchecked emotions can become slaves to our expectations. If our narrative or our story is full of negativity or driven by fear, this affects our expectations with our life situation, and the nocebo effect will take place. Remember, whichever road you take with expectations, positive or negative, you're spot on right. <laughs> Very important point. So the point here is that we have a choice to live a narrative that eases our fear or to live in one that exacerbates that fear. I've written a mock-up question here. I've, I've written here because I, I, I tend to write and, and speak at the same, well, not at the same time, but I kind of, as I prepare for my podcast, I tend to write them out, write out my thoughts. And I've written here, Joe, aren't we living in denial if re of reality if we are immersing in some fantasy that everything is okay? That's actually a good question. The short answer is no. The longer answer is, how do you know which narrative is true and which narrative is not? We all have an array of options that we can choose to be true for us. I mean, we can focus on mainstream media. We can focus on the news. We can refresh our phone every 10 minutes. We can do all of that and buy into the mass fear that is driving society at the moment. Or we can shift our focus and focus on the wonderful work of someone like Dr. Mercola who has got phenomenal advice on how to look after ourselves, you know, from a physical standpoint and a little bit on an emotional standpoint. You know, we can focus on other narratives. We can focus on Dr. Thomas Cowan's narrative, at C-O-W-A-N, you know, who has got a, a, a theory around uh, how 5G is playing a role out in all of this. You know, and I'm not here to, by the way, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I'm not here to entertain any of any conspiracy theories or any theories for that matter. But the point I'm making is that there are lots of narratives out there. None of them are right. None of them are wrong. And I would suggest to you that you pick one that, and you don't have to, and you don't have to pick one, by the way, but if you were to pick one, pick one that actually eases your fear, <laughs> that, does, that doesn't increase your fear, that eases your fear, whatever that might be. So there are so many narratives to choose from. I choose the narrative of living in the now and reminding myself to be grateful for what we have, for the moment that we have, that we don't, I said to Silvana as we were walking around the river, I said, we don't have, there's not, there's not, um, like my grandfather had Germans on the other side shooting at him because he was Italian back in World War II when the Germans and Italians were fighting. You know, I said, we don't, there's no one in those trees on the other side of the river who's got a gun pointed at us. 
you know, we, there's not a bomb that's about to go off around the corner behind that tree. We, we, we're not living in times like that. It's different. Yes, this is different. So here's a fact. To discover the truth of any of the narratives that you are prepared to sacrifice. Because if you want to buy into the mass hysteria, if you want to buy into any of the conspiracy theories, and, I, and again, I'll make it very clear. I don't know what is true and I don't know what is not true. But if you want to discover the truth of any of these narratives, are you prepared to sacrifice this entire lifetime in dedication to one of these narratives? Personally, I'm not. I see my narrative as one who is here to love, to give, and to grow, borrowing from the words of Tony Robbins from all those years ago, to love, to give, and to grow. To me, this is what it means to be a professional human being, to be an example of love, kindness, and compassion to the best of my ability to all I meet. Life is too short. I'll give you an example, right, of this of this intention to love and be kind and be compassionate. And I'll, and I'll blend it with uh, mass fear or universal fear, you know, the fears that people seem to have around all this stuff. I went to a local cafe, uh, one that I go to very often after, my, um, after I finish with my running group. And this cafe is located right near a Coles supermarket here in our area, which is quite a large Coles. And um, I don't know about where you live, but here in Melbourne, uh, from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Is, is an hour dedicated to the elderly folk and retirees. So Coles is closed off to everyone except for elderly folk um, and retirees so they can come in and do their shopping in peace. And uh, the, the shelves are, you know, hopefully well stocked for them and they can get what they need, right? And then at 8 a.m., they let the rest of the folk in, um, people like you and I or maybe you're an elderly folk listen to this. <laughs> I don't know. But whatever, the, the rest of us, right, get, get access to the coals, right? So I'm, um, I'm sitting there at 7.30 and I'm sitting there having a coffee and there are elderly folk coming out with trolleys with all their, you know, with some, some shopping. And all of them have got a little pack of toilet rolls. And I thought, oh, great, Coles has got toilet rolls back. And as I'm, um, as I'm, uh, um, actually, I should reverse this story a little bit because before that, before that, because as, as I heard one of the ladies coming out of the supermarket saying, oh, I feel sorry for these people waiting. The, the, the toilet rolls are going to be finished by the time they get in there. I thought, oh, that's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. But just let me reverse back for a moment. Um, reverse back to 10 minutes prior to me drinking the coffee when I was in a little queue of about two or three people waiting to uh, order my coffee, right? And this old lady, like she was in her 70s maybe, um, maybe touching 80, I'm not really sure, she pushes in in front of me. She pushes in in front of me, right? And, um, and she's about to order a coffee. And then she noticed me. She saw me, guys. She, no she turns around and she says, sorry, I didn't mean to push in. Now, my ego wanted to say, if you're truly sorry, then get out of the way. <laughs> and I thought to myself, no, this is about being loving, loving, patient, kind, and absolutely compassionate. So I said to her, it's okay. It's all good. It doesn't matter whether you saw me or not. Enjoy. Have a coffee. Enjoy your time. And she said, I'm so sorry, dear. I'm so sorry. I said, it's okay. Really? It's all right. Enjoy your coffee. I'll wait. It's all good. It's not the end of the world. And, um, and, and her day, or well, I don't know about her day, but she just had this beautiful smile on her face and she got her coffee and because behind me, you know, I don't know why, but suddenly there were like three or four other people lined up and she probably saw that she was going to be there for a lot longer. Maybe she's been queuing to get into the coals this morning. You, you, you don't know. Maybe there's stress that she doesn't, she's missing stuff. You don't know. So life is too short 
right? So this is my philosophy anyway. I'm not interested in dedicating my life to discover which narrative out there in the light media, dark media, mainstream media, conspiracy media, 5G media, uh, bioweapon media, you know, all these different streams that are available to us to follow. I just uh, want to follow a simple one, and that's to love, to give, to grow, and to be of loving, kinding, kinding <laughs> to be kind and compassionate to all I meet, including old ladies who push in in front of me to get coffee. So <laughs> here's another point. The day that we realize that our lives are not about us but about others is the day that we truly start to live. And ironically, this whole situation is not about us. It's about others. And it's uncanny how just today I saw this story online from an old mentor of mine. Uh, she's not old, but uh, well, you know, she's a mentor of mine from about 15 years ago. Her name is Marlies Carroll. I love Marlies. She taught me so much about uh, how to live a great life and how to, how to chill and meditate and a whole bunch of different things that her and her husband, Michael, um, taught me in uh, back in 2004. Anyway, I saw her today. I didn't see her today, but I saw that she posted this story, and I want to read it to you, um, which I think is a, a really apt uh, sort of roundup of today's episode. So there's a story of a man who sought out a respected old sage and said, oh, wise one, I would like to know what heaven and hell look like. So the sage led the man to two doors. He opened one of the doors and the man looked in. In the middle of the room was a large round table. In the middle of the table was a large pot of stew, which smelled delicious and made the man's mouth water. Now the people sitting around the table were thin and sickly. They appeared to be famished. They were holding spoons with very long handles that were strapped to their arms. Each found it possible, impossible to reach into the pot of stew to take a spoonful because the handle was longer than their arms. They could not get to the spoons or get the spoons back into their mouths. The man shuddered at the sight of this misery and suffering. And the wise man said, you've seen hell. So they went to the next room, opened the door. It was exactly the same as the first one. This was the door to heaven. It was exactly the same as the first one. There was a large round table with a large pot of stew that the man made the man's ma- made the man's mouth water. The people were equipped with the same long-handled spoons strapped to their arms. But here the people were well nourished and plump, laughing and talking and carrying on. And the man says, "I don't understand." It's simple," said his venerable guide. It requires but one skill. You see, they have learned to feed each other while the greedy think only of themselves. Wow, what a story. So the, the guys in heaven were feeding each other. I've got to tell you, the core ingredient, one of the core ingredients of the soul is that, yeah, it's designed for perpetual growth and it's also designed for unification. We are all in this together. Everything in nature says so. There is no cell that exists on its own. No man or woman is an island. No cell is an island. Every cell exists because its job is to contribute what it's meant to contribute to the whole. So I'll repeat what the old man said. It's really simple. It requires one skill. You either learn, we either learn how we can feed each other or be greedy and think only of ourselves. 
So fear fuels the selfish greed. Love serves and creates a narrative that feels good and serves others well. So they're my insights, they're my thoughts, they're my reflections. These are my focus points for this week. And I hope you find them of some kind of value. I hope it adds a a wonderful flavor to your perspective, to your perceptions. I trust and hope that it just gives you something to think about, to bring just a little bit more awareness into our everyday living. And um, that perhaps things aren't as bad because there's always someone who is a lot worse off, a lot worse off than us. So stay safe. Stay sane, stay sanitized (laughs) as we progress through this incredible journey that's unprecedented. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And once again, if you're enjoying and loving these podcasts and finding them of genuine value, please share them with others, of course. And uh, I would love um, a five-star review on Google if you could. And I thank all of you that have done that. I'm amazed um, so many people have done that for me and and I'm really pleased and I'm, I'm really thankful. And uh, so anyway, let's um, rock on, keep breathing, keep living, keep in the moment, keep the pendulum toward the center as close as you can and be loving and kind and compassionate, even to the angry people, even to the fearsome people, and even to the old lady that pushes in in front of you to get coffee. All right. Enjoy guys. See you next time in the next, in the next episode. Good. Have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. See you soon. Next episode coming next week. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. I'm Joe Pane, and you've been listening to Insights, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you're thoroughly loving the journey of these messages, please feel more than welcome to leave a review. And be sure to leave a comment on what you've been learning and how useful this has been to you and, and how you've been sharing this with those around you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm looking forward to being with you again very soon in the next episode of Insights, the podcast.